welcome to the Connected Generation. My name is Nikia Anani and I am your host. This week we have an incredible guest, but before we get into that, I just wanted to give an update on my upcoming book. Um, so I've finally chosen a name and it is called Lifetime to Legacy a new vision for multi-generational family businesses. And it will be out in January 2022, available for purchase. And it's all about how can you take your family business from being a lifetime business to being a legacy business. And it's not about technical things like your estate planning or wealth planning, but it's all about relational. How can you unlock collaboration and creativity in your family so you can bring about diversity of thought to move along on a journey of co-creating the business of the future. And so I posted the cover this week on my socials. So if you'd love to see the book cover, you can head over to my social media. I'm at Nikke Anani on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook and LinkedIn, just search for Nikia Anani. So there you can have a peek of what the book cover looks like. I absolutely love it. (laughs) It is my favourite colours. And I just love how Africa is centred. And it's got this subliminal message about how Africa can share her insights, her wisdoms, her stories to the world. So that's about the book. On to today's guest, we were joined by Jim Pfeiffer, who is passionate about real estate investing, syndications, passive investing, and he's a founder of Left Field Investors, which is dedicated to educating and assisting like-minded investors to negotiate the nuances of the passive investing landscape and world of syndications. And he concentrates specifically on investing in real estate assets that produce cash flow and is committed to sharing knowledge, sharing knowledge that can help folks learn a different way to grow wealth. And so, yes, I'd really advise you to tune in. Um, Jim is very well versed in this space. And yes, enjoy. Thank you. Hi, Jim. Welcome to The Connected Generation. It's awesome to have you today. Hi, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Great. So today you're a founder of Left Field Investors, which is about financial education and investments. But I'm intrigued to know how did you get to where you are today? Tell us more about your, your journey. Sure. That, that, that's a big question. Um, so basically, I, I got into real estate, which led to uh, Left Field Investors eventually. And the way we got into real estate was, uh, you know, we bought a new house and couldn't sell our old one back in 2008. So like a lot of people, we, um, we became accidental landlords mm. and we rented our house for five years and I really didn't like it because I was managing it myself. It was a really great tenant. I mean, he made me take my shoes off when I walked into the house and they took really good care of it, but I just didn't like getting the, you know, the, the calls to come fix something. I'm not a handy guy. So it was just, it was just a hassle. And so after five years, when the market changed, uh, we were able to sell the house and I went to, um, my realtor and he said, well, instead of selling the house, but I handled the rental for you. And so I let it, so I said, okay, well, that, that sound, I didn't even know that was a possibility. So that sounds better than what I'm doing. And then at the same time, I had had that house paid off. 
And I thought that was a great idea to have an asset like that paid off. But I, I became a financial advisor. And the more I started learning about money, the more I learned having a house paid off is just a big asset that, that earns no return. Because mm. the appreciation on the house, you get whether you have a loan on it or not. So we decided to uh, refinance that property. And that allowed us to buy two more rentals. And that kind of got, got me into the um, renting houses, buying houses to, to rent out. And that was... Um, that was eye-opening because I didn't really understand real estate or that type of finance before. And so that kind of jumped me into, well, now I need to do multifamily. So I was going to buy a fourplex and somehow my the other realtor I had for this uh, kind of talked me into buying a 22 unit. And so I kind of, I bought a 22 unit, then an eight, then a four. And pretty soon I was a multifamily investor and did that for a couple of years. And I just really didn't have the right partner in that. I didn't have the uh, the property manager uh, was was not really aligned with with me, and it was just a struggle the whole time. So I decided to get out of the multifamily, and I was rescued by the market. So we didn't make all the right decisions and, and do all the right things with that property. Um, it never really cash flowed like I thought it would. But when we sold, the market had gone up so much that we really we really did really well on the exit. And about that time, I was learning more and more about passive investing in real estate, which is investing in other people's syndications. So you're putting your capital into somebody else's apartment building and they're running it, they're doing everything, you're just supplying capital. And I really liked that, um, that approach. And so that kind of left me thinking, well, how do, how do I get into that? And to back up a little bit, while I was an active investor, I had started a group here in Columbus, Ohio, um, just because I wanted to network with other like-minded individuals. And we, we grew that group. It was a monthly meeting. And I thought, well, now that I'm doing passive, why don't I do the same thing? And so my intention was to get 12 people together that were interested in passive investing and kind of have a, a dinner club kind of thing. And the reason I picked 12 is because that's the largest free room I could get in a restaurant. So you know, we, we were going to have our first meeting uh, March 18th of 2020. And as, uh, as we know, everything shut down for the pandemic. And so we never met. And we still haven't all met in this group. But we right. started um, what turned into Leftfield Investors. And this group of 12, we decided to meet online with Zoom, which meant we could invite syndicators, we could have anybody from all over the country could join our group or present to our group. And that's how Leftfield Investors kind of came to be. And that's how it grew. It started with this just small kind of mastermind that I wanted to, to be able to talk with people about past investing. And it just grew to former financial advising clients, friends, neighbors, people were interested. In, and so we put a group together. And now it's turned into, you know, an education and networking group where we have a website with all kinds of uh, information for people who want to get into passive investing. We have a, a membership site also that has some tools that investors can use to analyze the deal, research a sponsor, track their portfolio. Uh, there's a forum where people can talk and just kind of get to know each other. So it's really grown. And, and now we have, we have a podcast as well. So the, the journey was, you know, I never, I, I never really end up where I intend to end up, but um, I'm really pleased with how Leftfield Investors has grown and, and what it's become. And it's, it's becoming a resource to both experienced investors and especially what I really like also new investors. Wow. Incredible. Incredible. I guess my, my first question is why real estate? What's the, what's the case for folks to invest in real estate? Cause in this day and age, we have so many asset classes to choose from yeah. different locations. Mm -hmm. Well, that, that, that's a great question. And I think it came from, you know, as I was being a financial advisor, I was learning more and more about money. And the more I learned about money, the more I learned that the, 
the products that financial advisors sell generally, like the market, uh, stock market, things like that, they, they aren't the, the best asset classes, I don't think. Because what you do when you invest in, in a stock is you invest in it and you hold it and you, you're betting on someone else valuing that more than you do at a time in the future. So you're just betting on the appreciation. It's really, in my view, speculation. Whereas if you buy a real estate asset, no matter how you buy it, what you're trying to do is you're trying to make money off of the cash flow of that asset. And then instead of just waiting for it to appreciate, you can do something to force the appreciation to improve the cash flow of that asset. So me personally and with Leftfield Investors, we are totally committed to buying real assets that produce cash flow. Now, these assets also have appreciation, which we, we like, we appreciate, uh, but we don't count on it. We're counting on the cash flow and the appreciation is just the bonus you get at the end. So that's why I'm a big believer in real estate, however you do it, because it's a real asset that produces cash flow. And if you're doing anything else, you're just buying paper and hoping and betting that someone else is going to want it more than you do down the line. And you can't mm. do anything to affect that. You're just hoping. And I, I, don't, I, I don't think you can make money hoping. Hmm. Um, I guess my, my follow-on question for, from that is, okay, um, you kind of alluded to how you fell into real estate investing um, by when you were selling your house. And, you know, what are the common mistakes people make in this area of real estate investing? And um, kind of linked to that is what's the most efficient way to kind of finance this? Is it through a mortgage? Is it through pooled funds like you alluded to with the syndication? Just kind of um, unravel and unpack that a bit more. Yeah, it, it really depends on if you want to be active or passive. I think that's the first thing you need to figure out. And it seems like most people that end up where I am in the passive world well, not most, but a lot of them start out with a single family home that they buy to rent. And then they might get into a little bit of multifamily. And then they run into trouble with the property managers like I did. You know, I have several property managers who, who weren't doing a very good job. And it's hard to find a good property manager. And so then you want to get rid of the hassle. So you find this passive stuff. And the passive stuff, you know, I, I think the, the returns are at the same or better. And the hassle is less. So the mistakes that people make, I think, depend on what your path is and how you get to passive investing in real estate. So, you know, some of the mistakes I made when I was um, when I was actively investing was relying on a property manager to run the deal for me that maybe didn't have all the information that he thought he had. Or, um, you know, later I, we, we did a flip and I had no business doing a flip. It was a good education. You know, I joke we made hundreds of dollars, which is not a successful flip. But, you know, we learned not to do that again because we made so many mistakes. And in the passive world, the passive world, you just want to get started. So sometimes you have a, a bucket of cash. Like I had an old 401k I rolled over and I was so excited when I met some passive investors that I just went all in and just started investing in all their deals. And I didn't vet the sponsors well enough. And so those first deals that I'm in, I would not invest in any of those again. Now, they didn't fail. They're not all losing me money. But now that I know more and have educated myself and worked and found a network that can help educate me, you know, I wouldn't invest in any of those deals. So I think part of it is just slow down and, and learn a little bit. Don't jump in. But also on the other side, the, the uh, lesson is you have to jump in or you don't learn, right? You don't understand mm, so what you don't know. 
Mm. So you have to do a little bit of both. And, and what I've learned now is jump in, but jump in slowly. So instead of going all in with one investment type asset class or syndicator, maybe invest a little bit in that one and then wait and see how it turns out before you jump in with the rest of your capital. Mm, that's really wise. And um, just wanted to know a bit more about like the landscape and how COVID-19 has impacted on the real estate space. Um, are there strong pattern and themes across perhaps locations or um, sub real estate types like commercial, residential, industrial and things like that? Yeah, so I can only talk about the, the markets and the things I'm investing in. And for most of it, you know, it's last Mar- March 2020, April, May, there was just no, almost no deals to be, to be found to invest in because everyone kind of took a pause. But after that, things kind of kicked back in and there hasn't been real problems. Like most of the, um, the apartments I'm investing in, they collected in the mid nineties, 90% of rents. And you hear stories in other markets where, you know, no one's paying rent and they're just, they're waiting mm. for the government and, and all that. And, and it just hasn't happened. And most of the investments that I've done, they're, they're, they're performing better than, than pro forma. So um, most of the asset classes are doing really well. Now I'm not in retail, which has been difficult. I'm not in business travel, which I think has, has also had problems. I'm mostly in multifamily. I'm in mobile homes, some self-storage, ATMs, you know, those kind of asset classes. They performed well throughout the pandemic, surprisingly. I think the biggest thing that happened is some um, of the investments that I, that I invested in, they stopped distributions uh, for a few months because they wanted to hold back reserves just in case because no one knew what was going to happen. But really, overall, it's, it's turned out pretty well. I think the, um, the, the, one of the biggest challenges is so much capital is just kind of sitting on the sidelines waiting to, to jump in. And now everyone's mm-hmm. jumping in. So there's a lot of competition, which is, you know, compressed cap rates and, and made it harder for people to um, maybe to find deals because there's just there's a real housing shortage when you're talking about affordable housing or any kind of housing, really. So the real estate market is really, really roaring and it has been for a while. You were talking about finding the right opportunities. And um, in your bio, you, you say that you believe the most important factor in a successful syndication is finding a sponsor that you know you like and you trust. Can you just explain that a bit more? Yeah, so it, it's it's absolutely everything because you're relying on on this person or this group to do the investing for you, right? It's in the it passive. You're not doing the investing. You're not searching out the asset. So what I like to, to do is make sure that they have experience, that they know what they're doing, that I understand their business plan, that I, that I like doing business with them. And it's hard because you have to figure all this out before you invest. And typically the minimums in these deals are 25, 50 or a hundred thousand dollars. And if you get into it, it's not like you're buying a single family home or any other asset that you can sell if it's not going well. You're stuck. They're the ones making the buy and the sell decision. So you really have to vet them ahead of time. But there's no real way to know if your asset is performing until you see it at the end, right? There's only a few ways you can tell. Are they paying distributions as they said they would? Are they communicating as they said they would? So there's a few things that I like to do. Like I, I, I want when they send me a deal, no matter, even if I understand all of it and I don't have any questions, I always come up with questions for a new sponsor just to see, do they know the deal? Do they understand the deal? And are they going to be responsive? Because it sounds like a small thing, but if you're not going to respond to me within 24 hours, 
if it's um, before I'm investing, then, you know, why would I think you're going to respond to me within 24 hours after you have my money? And so it's really important to make sure they're communicating appropriately and, um, and just, you know, I think vetting the sponsor, because you could have a, a great deal and a bad sponsor and it's going to go bad, but you could have a great sponsor and a deal that isn't so hot and they can at least keep it going. So the sponsor is, is critical in my view. Hmm. Um, so how do folks that want to get started, where do you recommend they get started in? Because um, you, you mentioned a tension between you need to get into it to learn. <laughs> and then you also mentioned you need to learn to understand. So where, how, what's, how, what's the starting point for folks that want to get involved in real estate investing? Where well, they so, yeah, if they're going to do passive investing like I do, um, you know, I would head to, I would find a community like left field investors. Obviously, I, I think that's a great one, but um, there's plenty out there. Find a community where you can start finding some information. Uh, read, read some books on passive investing. Brian Burke has a great book called The Hands-Off Investor, and it's just fabulous. It, it takes you right from the beginning all the way through everything you need to know about passive investing. So if you find a group, a book, a community, something, so you just get some knowledge because these aren't common investments. People have heard of real estate, but most people haven't heard of, of privately investing in these syndications. And so just kind of getting the terminology, finding a community or a website or some educational material that'll kind of get you going. And then, you know, then you need to find sponsors. And, and to do that, again, using a community is, is a great way because it's really hard to tell, even if you call them up and you talk to a person, you get to know them, you get to like them and get to trust them. It's really validating when you find someone else who's invested with them and actually has the experience and can say, yes, these people are legit. Because in the end, you're going to be wiring $25,000 or $50,000 to someone you probably haven't met face-to-face, -face, someone you've probably had two or three phone conversations with, and that's a big hurdle to get over. And so having a community, I think, is, is really important to help you to just make sure, okay, yep, these guys are legit. I know three people who've invested with them. Now I feel comfortable to, to go ahead myself. Great. And if there's anyone out there that wants you to understand better, like the work that you do and what working with you looks like, can you just explain? Yeah. So basically, we're, we just, um, we have monthly meetings that we get sponsors and, and different people in the industry. The fourth Monday of every month, we have Zoom meetings. So anyone can jump on those. Um, and then basically, like I said, we're just an education and networking website. So you can come to our website and there's uh, just a lot of, there's a blog, there's information on syndicators, and then there's a, a membership part of our website for, um, it's $199 a year. And that gives you access to some of the tools that I mentioned at the beginning. You have the forum, we have a, a tool that analyzes deal, helps you analyze a deal helps you screen a sponsor. Um, there's kind of some other sponsor information there because it's really hard to find sponsors. So we, we help with that. And then I'm always available. Um, you know, someone who joins our group, um, you, you're welcome to uh, sign up. You can sign up on our website for a call with me and I can kind of talk through kind of how we operate and kind of find out where you are and see how you fit and then find, it, find a way to, to help you forward on your path. Amazing, amazing. And how do you see the real estate market panning over the next couple of years? Uh, it, it's, it's so hard to tell. For me, there's just such a shortage of affordable housing that it seems like, you know, things are going to continue on it as they are, that the market's going to just keep, keep going. But it, a lot of it, you know, people are worried about interest rates rising and, and what effect that will have. And for me, if you're buying a cash flowing asset, then I think you're going to be okay because rents aren't going to fall that fast. If the you know, if the overall real estate market dropped 20% tomorrow, 
that wouldn't really affect me because I'm investing for cash flow and my cash flow would not change very much. So that that's again, a reason why I like real estate is I don't have to worry about predicting where the market's going to be. Of course, I want to stay up on that and make my best guess. But really, I'm just going to invest in cash flowing assets. And th- those will be fine throughout any market, I believe. Excellent. Excellent. So just wanted to know what legacy would you like to leave? That's a big question. I think for me, I, I I like helping people. And, you know, the most of the jobs I've had, I'm on career number four. Now, as a teacher, I was a financial advisor. I've always wanted to, to help people. And this is, you know, this last niche that I'm in, I'm, I'm really excited about it because it's just a market that isn't open to most people. They, people don't know about it. So the legacy I would like is to be able to help people create financial freedom for themselves mm-hmm. and their family and to do it through passive real estate investing is a really great way, I think, to do it because you don't have to be an expert in real estate. You don't have to you know, know how to fix a toilet or, or anything like that. You just mm-hmm. have to take some time to educate yourself and then use some of the capital that you have, invest it, and then you'll see it just snowballs and goes. So my, my legacy, I hope, is to help people get financial freedom. Incredible. And how can folks reach you if they want to get hold of you? Okay, yeah, great. You can um, email me, jim at leftfieldinvestors.com, or you can go to our website, www.leftfieldinvestors.com, and there's a subscribe button if you want to get on our email list, and then you'll get our weekly blogs and podcasts and, and all that stuff. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jim. Thanks for having me. It was great. Last week was Independence Day in Nigeria, to be precise. That was on the 1st of October. And I was sharing with my newsletter subscribers just how that day I became quite reflective about this concept of interdependence as opposed to independence. And when we think about interdependence... We're thinking about collectivism as opposed to individualism. And I really strongly believe that family enterprises that have interdependence are more likely to move towards the future. They're more likely to be more successful in moving towards the future. But the challenge is that a lot of us have been conditioned to seek independence. Our societies, our education systems and our media typically push for independence rather than interdependence. And here we are on this episode. What I really love about Jim's work is it really highlights the importance of pooled capital, pooled finances, pooled networks and pooled knowledge. And it's really this interdependence in action. It's when we see collective wisdom, collective knowledge, collective intelligence, right? And I strongly believe that this interdependence gives us a competitive edge. As Aristotle said, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. So even if individually we try to pursue the same things, we will not get as far as when we come together with our pooled capital. And capital takes different forms it's not just financial capital there's a intellectual capital there's a political capital there's a social capital and there's a spiritual capital and so as much as possible seek interdependence not just independence thank you so much for tuning in take good care and god bless you